Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. He deserves our praise. Oh, he's so good. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And I am holding on to faith. Because I know you'll make a way. And I don't always understand. And I don't always get to see. But I will believe it. I will believe it. Because you make mountains through. You make giants fall. You use songs of praise to shake prison walls. And I will speak to my fear. And I will preach to my doubt that you were
Thank you, Jesus, God, that you are so faithful, God. We can always count on you, God. And God, we believe today, God, that you are fighting for us, God. Right now, God, we may not even see it, God. Lift our eyes, Lord God, today to see, God, the army of angels, God, surrounding us today, Lord Jesus. That we lift our eyes to the hills, for where does our help come from? The maker of heaven and earth, God, we know a victory is ahead. We thank you for it, God. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Because the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. Sing that again. Oh, my God will never fail. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Take what the 
God, we have victory in Jesus today in his power and in his might and in his name. God, we declare that victory, Lord, over our lives. God, we thank you for that victory today, Jesus. We magnify your name. Praise his awesome and mighty name. Praise the Lord. You can be seated in his presence today. Thank God for the theme of victory today in this worship set that they just did. And we're just so grateful to be in God's presence and God's house. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for being here. Thank you for giving and praying uh, and whatever you do for the kingdom's sake. And may God richly bless you for that. Uh, I'm going to ask the ushers to come at this time, if they will, please. Um, uh, Thank you, worship team, uh, for taking us... uh, taking us to the throne of grace today uh, and to get our hearts ready for the word of God to be declared in this place. We need to hear the word. I tell you what, we need, we need to hear a sure word in the days and times uh, in which we're living in. These are very troubling times, but yet it's times that we should be uh, rejoicing and just looking up uh, because we know that Jesus Christ is coming very soon. And uh, that should delight our hearts with great joy. That should not give us fear. It should give us a great anticipation knowing that he's coming very, very soon. And I look forward uh, to that day when he calls us out of this world. And um, those uh, people that that want to stay, all I can say is have at it. You can have this world <laughs> because... Because it is not getting better, but uh, I can tell you what, we are headed to better. Peter tells us that we have exceeding and precious great promises that he has in store for us. uh, And we're looking forward to those. And everything, and that that St. Peter said, everything we need for life and godliness is in Christ Jesus. So we have to live here, but uh, we don't have to be of this world. So we're going to a new, new world. This world is not our home. And as the old songwriters say, we're just a passing through. And I'm looking forward to that great promise that he's given to us. And God will fulfill every promise that he has spoken to us. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your giving as you sow into God's kingdom, whether that's tithes or missions or just general giving or building fund. Thank you for giving, and, and may God richly bless you for that. If you turn your attention uh, to the screen after we pray and we give, um, you can watch uh, from, fall, from the Fall Fest uh, this past weekend or last, last weekend now. Uh, it was a great time, and you'll see some of those pictures uh, and the video there. So let's pray and let's give, and then we'll get our hearts ready for the Word of God this morning. Father, we're so grateful, Lord God, as we sing these songs, Lord. It just uh, reminds us, Lord, that we do have victory, God. We don't have to live in defeat, in despondency and despair and even depression, God. Lord, you've given us victory through Jesus Christ and through his shed blood on the cross. You have bought it for us. You have purchased it. It is ours, and we claim it. We receive it, and we appropriate it to now, now, Lord, because, God, we do live in times where we we have to continually overcome. But thank you, Lord, that we don't have to fight for that. You go before us and you fight the battles, God. Help us to learn how to yield to you and that you will fight in us and fight through us, Lord. So, Father, we declare that today over your people. If there's anyone here today that does not know you, let them come to saving grace. Anyone who may be struggling, God, with, Lord, uh, just being uh, overwhelmed, we, we pray, God, that your presence will overwhelm what's trying to overtake them today. God, we know that you will because you're a faithful God. Lord, bless your people as they sow into your kingdom's work. You have been so good to us, God. You have provided for us, Lord. Even, even in times of leanness, God, you have never left us. You've always provided for us, and we are so grateful for that. And help us, God, to be a cheerful giver today. Lord, open our hearts to receive the word now as you would anoint pastor to declare it boldly and decisively and distinctly today God in the mighty name of Jesus we ask it and we declare it now and receive it in Jesus name amen
Praise the Lord. Give in worship today. God bless you. goodness what a day that was last week and I want to take just a moment to um, to ask the, all of you that had something to do with Fall Fest you volunteered you worked in it you donated toward it you were a part of the planning the thing with Fall Fest is there's so much work that goes into it and then it's only three hours and it's over but my goodness, was it worth it to see the smiles on those faces and people enjoying fellowship and the weather was perfect. And so I just want to recognize all of you, if you worked in it, you were in the planning stages, whatever, uh, thank you so much. Would you just stand? If you had anything to do with making Fall Fest a reality, we want to thank you so very much for all of your labors. Thank you so much. And some of you got other um, companies to donate and give. And thank you so much. What a great day that was. And Craig and the rest of the team there, those funnel cakes were excellent. Uh, I could use another one today. But anyway, 
Uh, we had a great time. It was a lot of fun. And, and uh, you saw me with a stroller. That was my great-grandchild. Uh, I just want you to know it wasn't our child. It wasn't. Uh, wasn't. I said to someone when I was pu- pushing the stroller around, and I said, well, you know the story of Abraham and Sarah. My wife's not here today. I said, you understand. But I got the baby. But anyway, oh, by the way, and I, don't, I hope I don't get in trouble for this. If I don't show up next week or if I'm black and blue next week, I got in trouble. But my wife, I don't usually say this, uh, but this week she had a most significant birthday. She reached the three-quarter century mark. And I just want to wish my wife a very happy birthday. And... Um, you know, that, that's amazing. That is truly amazing. And I'm so thankful for her. I love her with all my heart. Uh, she's the best thing that ever happened to me except Jesus Christ. And um, has been such a blessing for all of the years that we've been married. And, I, I'm, you know, I look back on that. She didn't get any bargain with me. That's for sure. Uh, and, no, you don't have to agree with me. It's, somebody ought to feel a little sympathy, but, no, you want to agree. Yeah, because everybody's always telling her how great she looks, how great she looks. And I'm like, <laughs> but I understand you can't lie. I get that. And uh, when we got married, I was, I, I looked very much like Barney Fife. Um, I, I didn't have Don Knotts money, but I looked like him anyway. Um, and not a whole lot better today. But anyway, I wanted to say happy birthday to her because I, I don't always mention that every year, but this was a pretty significant one. And, uh, and I'm very thankful, love my wife very much and appreciative for everything she does. Real quickly also, before we go to the word, JYC, just want to mention to all of the parents, you know, we've, we've kind of gone back to our normal routine there. So I just want to remind you that um, it's perfectly fine to send your kids back to meet up with the others back at the JYC room, and then they bring them out and they sit here together. So um, if you're comfortable with that, if not, it's fine for them to sit with you. But um, if you're comfortable with that, you can send them back uh, at, at the start of the service, and then whoever's in charge that week will bring them out, and they all sit over there near me, and I always feel good having all those kids near me. It's a real blessing. All right, we're going to go to the Word of the Lord this morning. If you will turn in your Bibles to Matthew Chapter 14, if you brought the word of the Lord along with you today, if not, you're going to see it on the screen. I want to read a passage of scripture to you today that um, is very well known, but it's a story that happens only once in scripture, and as far as I know, only once in human history did it happen. And I've been somewhat intrigued about this story that you're so very familiar with. And I want to share something out of this story, and I trust that it will be a blessing to you today. Stand with me, if you will, as we uh, prepare our hearts to read the word. I want to pray first this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we come before you, Lord, uh, God, I thank you for the worship that we just had. Lord, I needed that myself. Just needed, God. It's been a difficult week in so many ways. And I just want to thank you, God, for your presence that I sensed and felt as we worshiped you. And what a lift to the spirit, God. And I just thank you for that. I thank you for, the, for every musician and the singers that uh, every week, God, come in here to help us prepare our hearts and to worship the Lord. And God, I really needed that experience this morning. And thank you, Lord, that there was a lift here for that. 
And I thank you for that. And Lord, we just pray now, God. We have a number of people, Lord, who need a touch from you healing. We have some people that are, God, at, at, at homesick and people that are associated with our church in one way or another that are hospitalized, whatever the case might be. God, we still believe that there is healing in the name of Jesus Christ. And we pray for the touch of the Lord upon all of those, God. We ask you just to, God, give them 100% total healing that your name might be glorified and honored and lifted up and praised in Jesus' name. Lord, we just pray, God, that your Holy Spirit will come down now, God, and anoint us as we share your word this morning with your people. Oh, God, I pray this, that you might be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as I read this scripture this morning, I, I meant as I was praying, I really did. I just so needed that worship experience this morning. And some of you notice if you're new to the church that sometimes on a Sunday, you'll see a few of the people come up front during worship. Sometimes a lot of them come up. Sometimes just one, two, three, whatever might come up. You're always welcome to do that. I think there's just times that people just feel a drawing that I just need to be a little closer. Or I, I just, there's something I need or something I just need to express to God in my worship, and it's fine. You can do it where you are, but you certainly are welcome to come up. You want, the whole church wants to come up? That's fine, too. We, it just that you worship the Lord because there's power in it. How many believe that? Since his presence, let's give him praise. Amen. Thank you, Lord. After the feeding of the 5,000 in Matthew 14, beginning at verse 22. It says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. And he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. That's, that's interesting, isn't it? That Jesus sent everybody off and then went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Why did he need to pray? He was the son of God, right? But he prayed. Now, when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Let me stop for just a second. I'm still wondering why Peter made such a request. Why did he say, if it's you, Lord, command me to come to you on the water? Why would he have not simply said, if that's you, Lord... Come get in this boat with us and calm this storm. Because Jesus had done that, right? Or he would do that. At some point, Jesus would be asleep and be awakened and calm the storm. What in the world is going on in a man's mind who's saying, if that's you, then I want you to tell me to come to you on the water. Look at verse 29. So he said... Come, you may be seated. That's all I want to read for right now. He said, come. 
And then the Bible says that when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, you know this story. But since there are only two people recorded in all of history that we know about that ever walked on water, and those two people are right here in this story, and the one is the Lord Jesus Christ, and the other is Simon Peter. Why is this story even in the Bible? What, what, why is it here? I mean, it is a one-time event, and I would suspect that none of you have ever walked on water unless there were rocks right under the water that you knew where they were, and you were stepping on the rocks, but you didn't walk on water. And I doubt that in the rest of your life, any of you will ever walk on water. That is something that you are never going to do. So why is this in the scripture? Is there anything in the year 2021 that you and I could gain from this? Is it possible that besides the miraculous event of walking on the water, is it possible that there might be a life lesson somewhere in this story? I mean, really, we don't need the story to prove that Jesus is a miracle worker. There's plenty of other miracles that Jesus did. And we understand that this story is here and that's it. It's, it's once, it's done, no big deal. It's all over with. But is it possible that Jesus is saying to Simon Peter that you're going to face some situations in life that are going to be as difficult as walking on water is? Is it possible that there may be some situations in my life and in your life that are very difficult and it would be almost as though you walked on water if you made it through. Now think about this, because the setting is a stormy night. I don't believe that it was that way when they got into the boat. They wouldn't have done so. And the Sea of Galilee, by the way, for those that may not know, it's not a sea as in an ocean. It's a, it's a freshwater lake. I've been there. It's seven miles wide and about 14 miles long. And it's a beautiful place. And, and it's where fishermen would cast their nets and bring home the fish. Lots of stories of Jesus around that lake. I had the privilege when I went on that tour to be chosen to speak while we were on that boat out on the Sea of Galilee, I was able to bring the word of the Lord to that group. And it was, a, it was a, just a tremendous experience to just think about what happened there 2,000 years ago, what Jesus did there. It was a miraculous thing that Jesus did. But I want you to realize that the Sea of Galilee was sometimes very, very calm. And, and sometimes it would be like a, like a lake of just glass. Uh, see your reflection in it, as it were. And uh, it, it would just be a beautiful setting. But then there were times that almost out of nowhere, because of the geography, that a storm would come out of nowhere and suddenly conditions would change. And in that Sea of Galilee that was so calm and beautiful is now angry. And there are waves that are pounding on the ship or on the boat. Well, I believe that we are living in a similar day. For a lot of us, for most of our Christian lives, things have been pretty easy sailing. For the most part, 
We haven't had a lot of opposition. We haven't had a lot of negativity. And, and we've been like they were. We're sort of been, we've sort of been on a cruise, as it were. And we've been very blessed of the Lord for things for us have been calm. And we had people always that made fun of our worship. You know that. We've always had people that laughed at the, you Christians, you crazy fanatics, you Pentecostals, you whatever. We've always had some of that, but that's never bothered us too much. But we are now living in a different era. And because back in those good old days, people would say that even mocked us and laughed at us would say, you know what? They're not so bad. In fact, you would do well to go down to their church because you know what you're going to learn down at that church? You're going to learn that a man should marry a woman and and that uh, they should raise their children and the Lord. and, and, And you're going to hear that children should obey their parents and you ought to be good citizens and you ought to live right. You ought to not get drunk and you ought to not use profanity. You're going to hear a lot of good things at the Christian church. But people don't think this is a great way anymore. They're angry. People are angry with the people of God. They're angry with the word of God. And so we find ourselves in a situation where what used to be very calm Sea of Galilee is suddenly raging. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of hostility. But I want you to know that even in a storm, you can find Jesus. In a storm, you can find Jesus. The Bible said he came walking to them on the water. It doesn't matter how much the raging is. It doesn't matter how much the animosity is, the anger, the hostility. None of those things stop Jesus from showing up in the time of need. You can find Jesus even in the midst of a storm. Now, I want you to think with me a minute because this journey started easy enough. Get in the boat head over. There's a seven mile difference. I don't know exactly where they landed uh, in terms of that seven mile width, whether they went all the way across it. No, you're in the midst of it when this storm hit. But but many of us started out just like they did and things were pretty simple and pretty easy. But now the winds are against us. What used to help us is now fighting against us. I think it's very significant that when Jesus sent them on this journey, what he did was he went somewhere to pray. I said, Jesus, sending these disciples out, he himself, the Bible says, went into a mountain to pray. Thank God for the ultimate intercessor. Thank God for someone who prays for us. Thank God for you that pray for me and me that prays for you. Thank God. But there is an ultimate intercessor. In fact, the Bible tells us in Romans 8, 34, it asks this question, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Are you thankful for that? (laughs) That there's this, this God that's not looking to condemn us, but he's looking to intercede for us. Speak to the father on our behalf. This strange story. Peter does something, as I said, unthinkable because he asked the Lord, he says, in the midst of this storm, 
as you know, when I read the text, that the disciples thought they saw a ghost. Who wouldn't in a situation like that? They thought this isn't real. We're seeing something that's it's, it's an illusion. It's, it's just not real or it's, a, it's, it's some kind of spiritual thing. It's not real. And so when Peter sees it, he just says, I'm not quite sure. But he said, if that is really you, Lord, if that's who you, if that's who you are, you really are the Lord. He said, then tell me to come to you on the water. I want you to think about that because what Jesus was about to do was to call him to do something that was against the odds. Most people would never do it. It was an unpopular thing, and I'll explain that in a minute. Because when Jesus answered the man, all he said was one word. Come. Now, I've got to tell you something about that word. I didn't. I don't think I even said it to, to my wife, but it was a Friday night or Saturday morning after we had prayed together Friday night. And I told her, I said, I don't, I don't have a message. I'm going to just be honest with you folks. And I don't, I'm not saying this for you to give me pity. It's been a difficult trek to go on this journey that we've been on for so long now. And, and to, to know that you've got something that will be beneficial and helpful. And I said, I don't have it. And so this is the next morning, I think. She said to me, she said, I prayed for you that the Lord would give you one word. I said, well, the people will love that. (laughs) If God answers that, it gives me one word. That's it. You're gone. One word. (laughs) But I got the one word. The one word was spoken by Jesus. Come. Everybody say it. Come. Come. But I want you to know that what Jesus was saying to Peter is, I want you to come and stand where I'm standing. I want you to come and stand where I am stand. And listen, church, Jesus is saying the same thing to every one of us today. He wants us to get out of the boat of this world and come and stand with him. Did you hear me? Stand with him. To get from where everyone else is to where Jesus is, you're going to have to walk on water. I said to get from where everybody else is and get where Jesus is, you're going to have to walk on water. And I'm talking spiritual, of course. In other words, I'm telling you that you're going to have to go through some difficult places. You're going to have to get out of the boat because Jesus wants you to stand with him. And to be very honest with you, the odds are against you. The majority are not interested in it. In fact, when Jesus said, come, 12 men should have jumped over that side of that boat and all of them should have went. But only one did. Only one responded to the call of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sure they looked around and said, he's talking to me. He's talking to Peter. And so we look at verse 29. So he said, come. Now, let me just tell you this. High school students, if you're going to live by godly standards, you have to get out of the boat where most of the kids are. You hear me? 
you'll have to get out of the boat and it takes some boldness and courage to get out of the boat when there's nothing but water between you and Jesus to get out of that boat. But if you want, if you want to be where Jesus is, you want to stand with Jesus, you can't stay in the boat with the majority. You got to be willing to take a risk and get out of the boat. So the Bible says that he said, come. And I, I'm still amazed a little bit at how simple, in verse 29 again, how simple Matthew states this. He says in verse 29, and he, so he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. That's it. He, he, Peter got out of the boat. Matthew, can't you say a little more about that? Can't you say, wow, I can't believe he just got out of that boat and stepped out on the water. Or if it would have been, I, I think if it would have been Robin from Batman fame back in the 60s when they had a TV series, he would have said, holy pressure cooker. <laughs> and when he saw him walk, he just said, holy agility. He's walking in a holy hurricane. But Matthew just, he got out and walked on the water. Like that's just normal. Only two men are ever recorded in history as walking on water. They're both in this story and it's never mentioned again. But I want you to notice that Peter had a resolution of faith that was very strong at the beginning of this journey as it usually is with most all of us. When we first get saved, our resolution is strong. We have a made-up mind. But Peter's faith was shaken. Verse 30. But, and just remember that little three-letter conjunction, because it can be good or bad. This time it's not good. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid It's okay, folks. He got out of the boat. Do you hear me? He got out of the boat. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, when he saw the waves, when he felt the pressure, he was afraid. Every one of us have been there. Now, you may never admit it. You may be Mr. Faith, Mrs. Faith. You don't ever have anything like that. You're not being truthful. These past 18 months, I've been afraid more than once, twice, or 10 times. I don't know what you're thinking. I have to try to help make, and I'm just being honest with you. I have to try to help make decisions, do things that are hopefully good. Don't ever claim to be perfect about that. But I've struggled I've struggled to walk on water. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to tell you a lie. I've struggled. I don't, I don't, who's the next one that's going to say, we love you, but we're out of here. Are you okay with this? Pastor, just going to be honest for a minute. Just going to be an honest person with you for a minute. I don't deserve any medals for that. I'm just simply saying to you that it's, it's possible 
to step out in faith and have a moment of fear. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, it was already boisterous, but he didn't see that. You see what I'm saying? What are you looking at? What are you focusing on? Are we focusing on COVID or Christ? What, what are we focusing on? Does it deny the reality of the wind? But suddenly when we are caught in this, see so many times we think we can withstand anything. My God, I'm, I can't stand these weak people. I'm, I, I can face any adversity. My faith is rock solid. And, and we just, we, we overestimate who we are. That's why we should continually pray. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Am I all right with this? The necessity for him is the same for us. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus, not the storm. That's difficult because the wind is blowing and the water and the, the, all of that is, it's just, it's almost impossible in the natural, but yet we are challenged in the spiritual. You don't disown the storm. You don't say the storm doesn't exist. You don't say it's a figment of imagination. It's a reality, but you focus on Jesus because he's the one to get you through. Boisterous, contrary winds are swirling around us and swirling against us. Our assignment, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus because the winds are blowing contrary to our mission, to our calling. The winds of the world are not, not blowing with us. They're blowing against us. But I love what the Bible tells us. The Bible says that Peter began to sink. And you've heard me talk about this many times. I've never understood beginning to sink. I think you sink or you don't, right? But apparently this was a supernatural thing. And he was just, just kind of starting to go down and, and starting to go under. But I want you to remember that Jesus is never far from his children. In your darkest hour, in your weakest hour. He's not far from you. Let me say it again. In your darkest hour, in your weakest hour, in your failing hour, in your, God, I can't believe I couldn't stand up to that. He is not far from you. Listen to what it says in Matthew 14, 31. And immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. I just stop there. Leave it up for a minute. Jesus was not only near, Hebrews tells us he'll never leave us nor forsake us, right? But not only that, he's a stretching out Jesus. He's a Jesus that doesn't say, you got to get here all the way on your own. He knew he was struggling. He did tell him he was of little faith. He knew the reality of it, but Jesus loved Peter. And the Bible said he stretched out his hand. 
Does somebody understand today that he's stretching out his hand in this house today? He's stretching out his hand to bring somebody back up. Don't rejoice over me, Micah said. When I fall, I shall arise. Hallelujah. These things that come our way and we're knocked down and we're beaten down, but somehow by God's grace, he reaches out, stretch. How many have ever had Jesus stretch out his hand and catch you, stretch out his hand and help you and come to your rescue, amen? In the hour of the disciples' need, Jesus came to them. When the wind was contrary and life was a struggle, he came to them. There are times when we're, we're caught up against the tide, nearly overwhelmed. I thank God Jesus always shows up. I said Jesus always shows up to help us. Over my almost 43 years of being a pastor of this church, I've watched saints of God numerous times walk on water. I've watched people in the congregation go through impossible situations and walk through it. I'm going to be honest with you. Some of those good folks, they've walked all the way to heaven. I said they've walked all the way to heaven. They've been an inspiration to my life and to many in this church. They've watched them walk through difficult, impossible situations and, and they did it because somehow they stayed focused they kept their eyes on Jesus, our problem. But when he saw, when he saw that the wind was boisterous, as I said earlier, it was already boisterous, but he wasn't paying attention to the wind. He was paying attention to Jesus. He didn't fully sink. No, don't ever overestimate your commitment. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Don't think that I've arrived. I've got it all figured out. I got it all. I could never fall. You can't fall. But you won't fall if you keep your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking unto Everybody say it, Jesus. He's the author. He started this thing for you. He's the finisher of your faith. And for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He despised the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's finish this story. Verse 31, again, and verse 32. And immediately, immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and I love this, it caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith. <laughs> Where does that leave us? This guy walked on water. Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And this is my thinking, and I think it's accurate. We don't read anything of that they threw out a life preserver. 
that Jesus, uh, you know, got his arm around him and swam back. He lifted, he lifted Peter up. He took him by the hand and lifted him up. And where he was previously walking on water, I believe that's where he was at the conclusion. Because they both went back and they got in the boat. And as soon as they did, the trial was over. The wind ceased. See, you can't afford to get your eyes off Jesus because you may be right at the end of the trial. You might be right at the end of the test and you are about to walk again on water. And that's miraculous. And I can't believe that this is only in the Bible for just good reading. There has to be something in it. Now, here's where I want to close. Some of you may feel like, Pastor, I have begun to sink. Today is the day to cry out exactly what he cried out. Lord, save me. Simple prayer. Lord, save me. I'm, I'm in trouble here, Lord. I, I'm, I'm, my faith is really not where I'd like for it to be right now. I'm struggling right now, Lord. I don't know what to do next. Would you help me? And I have to believe that Jesus is near enough to reach out and take you by the hand and lift you up and allow you to walk again. Come back, worship team. Here's the thing I want you to see. The word, the one word is come. That's it. Simple statement, simple request, simple command. For the man who wants to get to Jesus, all Jesus says is come. Come. The rest is up to you, Peter. As I said earlier, why wouldn't 11 others say, if he's going to Jesus, I'm going to Jesus. But only one did. One out of 12. You may be a, I think there's a song or something, isn't there? One is a lonely number. <laughs> I don't know what kind of song it is. It just came to mind, so forget it. <laughs> one is a lonely number. <laughs> But there's 11 others who are not going to get out of the boat. They're not going to take the risk. And you got friends that won't take the risk. You got people you love that won't take the risk. But you got to get out of the boat because you want to stand where Jesus stands. I said, you want to stand. And listen, in this last hour, it's so important for us to stand where Jesus stands. We need to stand on his word, his principles, the things that are in this scripture, which most of the people that... Probably not, I'm, there are exceptions, but for most of the people that you probably know out there, they're not. They're not getting out of a boat to follow Jesus, and they're probably even going to laugh at you for doing it. But it's okay, because Jesus said, come. And if you stagger along the way, and you start to fall along the way, if you just say, Lord, save me, God help me, this is bigger than I thought it was, he's going to stretch out his hand. I said, oh, when he reached down his hand for me, hallelujah. Thank God for the hand of Jesus. You know what? I don't know what you're planning to sing, but I'd like to ask you all. That, there was a song you just sang a while ago. He causes mountains to move and giants to fall. Because that's what I feel like where we are. We need some mountains and we need some giants to go in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. How many know God's a God at moving mountains and slaying giants? And we're facing some right now, church. If I ever preached out of my heart to you, I have today. 
And I just want you to know that I love you, every one of you, and I want you to make it to Jesus. I want you to make it all the way home. I want every young person to make it to Jesus, every grandma to make it to Jesus, every 90-year-old to make it to Jesus. We got to get out of the boat of this old world with the stinking thinking of this world. And we got to say, we're going to live for Jesus. We're going to stand with Jesus. We're going to do what Jesus says if it's not popular. And if I sink trying, I'm going to do it. I'd rather drown trying to get to Jesus than do what this world wants me to do. Stand with me in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray for strength for somebody right now, God. Lord, I need you to do what you did for Peter, and that's to stretch out your hand. But Lord, the first thing I want to do is do what you said to him and say to this crowd, say to this people, if you're struggling, if you feel like you're going through a struggling time right now, I'm giving you one word, come. I'm giving you one word, come. And yes, that does mean to the altar, come in the name of Jesus and let him help you. If you're a young person in this church, you're a high school student, middle school student, whatever, and you're trying to live for Jesus, but every day you find the test and trial great, I want you to come in Jesus' name because I promise you, he's gonna reach out his hand. He's gonna reach out his hand. We need some mountains to fall here, to giants to fall, some mountains to move out of the way. Listen, the altar is open. Don't, don't, don't hesitate, come right now. Now, God did not have me preach this message for nobody. I know that. I know that. In the name of Jesus, I know that. Holy Spirit, I'm waiting on the people, God, to do what you said for them to do. Come. Come. Come in Jesus' name. Come in Jesus' name. I don't know how I'm going to make it, Pastor. Come anyway. I don't know how I'll ever stand with Jesus. Come anyway. Hallelujah. Come as far as you can. Come as far as you can. Hallelujah. If you find yourself sinking today, just say, Lord, lift me up. Lord, save me. The Holy Spirit is in this house right now. God, I pray you will touch. In Jesus' name, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit of God, we love you today, Jesus. We love you today, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we love you today, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, Holy Spirit of God. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
prepare to sing another song. And a request brought to me today. Letty, where are you? You're back there, okay. She works for the Reading School District. It said, really burdened for the schools and students. And she asked if we would pray not only for the Reading, but she mentioned Cocalico. And obviously, we have Ephrata here and we have Garden Spot and we have a number of schools. And, uh, and by the way, I just want to mention, I know a few weeks ago we mentioned about praying around the Cocalico School. That's not that we wouldn't pray around any others, but we have an invitation there. Uh, the administration invites us to do that. I would assume that probably ministeriums in Ephrata and other places do the same for those schools, but we kind of stay within where we are given permission to, to actually come. But anyway, um, this prayer, which I think is very much appropriate today, is for us to, to pray. And so I, I would like to ask, as she has requested, that, that um, staff from schools, staff, whatever that means, and students from those same schools, if you would just come up and stand around here, you can stand loosely. You don't have to gang up in one spot. But if you come, we want to pray together for our students in schools. You know what? Kids are facing a lot today. Just in the natural, just in the natural. I, I just saw this morning the CDC just... Uh, and this is a small thing, but a CDC just uh, released uh, figures that school students, preschool and, and, and school students in our nation, their, their BMI, body mass index, is up 100% in this pandemic time. Kids are shut in, shut down, uh, or have been. Uh, and uh, and because of that, they haven't gotten physical exercise in a lot of places, etc. cetera. Uh, thank God that's changed and we, we praise the Lord for that. But these are things that, that's just natural stuff. But how many know that our kids are, are, are tested? None of you uh, and me, when we went to school, went through what they're going through. And these staff members and leaders and administrators and teachers, they need our prayers. Need our prayers. So we're going to pray for them right now. And they're going to sing something, but we're going to pray. So let's stretch your hands and hearts this way. And let's pray for students and staff and teachers and, and administrators like uh, Beth over here and uh, our teachers that God will touch them. Father, in the name of Jesus for the Reading School District, Cocalico, Lord, Hefford, a garden spot, uh, Lord, uh, uh, Lanco, uh, Lord, uh, God, Elko, Lord, I won't be able to name them all, but God, you know where all of them are, where they are in the midst of what's going on right now and the internal struggles that are going on, God. Touch, Lord, we pray. Help us today, God. Help us to be a, a help. Lord, God, any of us, Lord, any of us can criticize. But, oh, God, help us to be a part of solutions and answers as we are seeing in this video series that started today with the students, God, and the parents, Lord. We just pray great things happen, Lord, in our schools. God, we pray that great things you'll give, God, wisdom to administrators and school boards and people, God, in general, Lord. And we pray you will touch. We pray, God, you will save. We pray, God, that you will help those in need, Lord, whatever that need might be, that you would touch them, you would minister to them in the name of Jesus. God, yes, we bless you for it, Lord. We bless you for it. God, send revival.
Say 
that simple word, come. Come, that is an invitation. It's an invitation, and, and, and there are several times that, that Jesus says, come, come to me, for come worship me, um, come for salvation. But in this case, he says, come to me in the midst of your storm. Come to me in this time, and I will be your security. I will be your salvation. I will bring peace in this day. And so I pray that you accept that invitation today to just come in whatever midst of turmoil, in the midst of of the storms that you're going through, that you answer that invitation because he will bring you peace. He will be that security for you today. Thank you. Yes, hallelujah. Would you give the Lord just a hand hand clap of praise for being the calm in this storm. So I just thank you for being here and worshiping this morning. And, and um, that one word is good. I'm glad, I'm glad you have a very wise wife beside you to give you that, that one word. Good. Um, so after the service today, there's an Operation Christmas Child meeting in room 168. Uh, that is the room over here. Wait, is that the middle room? Yeah, 168. It's the middle room. I'm sorry, 167, 168, 169. Okay, so the middle room right here. So if you're interested in going to the processing center in Baltimore uh, to help process those boxes that, that we fill, uh, you want to stop in that room after the service today and get some information on that trip. Uh, tonight, Forge Men, you were back at 5 o'clock. All right, uh, we had service last Sunday. By the way, last Sunday night service was really great. Excellent uh, word. They had fellowship time, so Mark your calendars for October. Don't forget that Sunday night service. But Forge, you guys are back tonight um, meeting at 5 o'clock. Wednesday, of course, we're we're back with Connect Four and our classes. And Saturday is 12 hours of prayer. So if you can sign up for that, you can, or can give, give us some time to pray, you can sign up for that at the Connect desk in the lobby. Check your bulletin. October is very full. There's a youth retreat. There's the Women's Day. Uh, Salt is having a luncheon. There is all kinds of stuff going off, going on for October. I'll announce that as we get there, but please mark your calendars um, so you're prepared for that. All right, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this invitation, Lord, to come to you in the midst of our storm, in the midst of these days that are hard. And, and Lord, sometimes these, these storms, they creep up on us, and we're like, where did this come from? But, Lord, your voice and your love and your grace is right there. So, Lord, I pray that this morning that we are bold enough to take that step out of the boat, to reach up, Lord, to grab your hand because you are our salvation, you are our security, and you are our peace in this day. I pray, Lord, that your overwhelming peace will just flood this congregation, Lord, that they would walk out of here knowing, Lord, in confidence that you are the God of this storm and you will see them through. Lord, I pray for those who have needs this morning that you would touch and you would minister. I pray, Lord, that there would be a strengthening, Lord, in our pastor and his wife this morning. Lord, as we just, um, we honor them for all that they've been giving and, and Lord, and just recognition even of this, this significant birthday. Lord, I thank you, God, for the blessing that they are to this church and I, in this ministry. And I just pray that this morning, Lord, you would just anoint them doubly and bless them doubly. Lord, go with your people. Lord, keep them close to you in protection and in salvation. And we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a very blessed day.